All right, welcome back to the Rain Cane Sports Podcast. I'm the host, Hunter Hart, and today we're joined by the uh, the best third of Rain Cane Sports, and that is Brett Stewart. Brett, welcome back to the podcast. How's it going, man? Good to be back. Man, it's uh, it's going well for me. It's good to have you back. This is uh, two straight podcasts for you being on, and uh, we love it. Uh, old Zachary, he's um, he's fallen under the wave of of homework already here in week three. He's uh, he's enveloped in a project, so he didn't have time to podcast. But I'm glad we were able to get you on. How's your week going? It's going really well so far. I haven't had a whole lot of homework or anything due this week. Uh, all that was last week. But, yeah, it's going pretty easy going week so far. That's good, man. Yeah, mine, my week has been uh, very easy as well. Uh, had the job fair earlier this uh earlier this week and then other than that i've just been uh chilling what did you think of uh the first week of college football did you uh, get to watch many of the games i know you were uh, traveling around quite a bit yeah um i did get to watch a little bit um i didn't really sit down and watch any full games but i did get to watch some highlights of of different games and things like that. Like, I know Ohio State struggled and stuff, but I normally don't keep up with week one like I do later on in the season. Yeah, I think the Saturday games were very disappointing um, as far as entertainment. All you got to know is that the uh, Texas is a dumpster fire still, and uh, the Big 12 is awful with uh, Texas and Baylor both losing. Um but uh, that game on Sunday between A&M and UCLA and then also the West Virginia-Virginia Virginia Tech game, those were both really fun to watch. I don't know if you got to watch uh, all that, but um, A&M just doing what they do best, blowing a big lead, and then UCLA coming back. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. That uh, game kind of reminded me of the Fresno TU game uh, from a year ago. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and then this week we got OU and Ohio State. Um, how do you see that one going? It's in Columbus. Uh, we've we've been there. Uh, how do you how do you see the Sooners reacting to uh, playing in the shoe against Ohio State, who I think is number two in the polls? Yeah. Um, so, how do you think that one's going to uh, go? I mean, I personally think that uh, OU is going to win. I know Ohio State didn't play too oh, well really? in their bowl game last year. They lost. A lot, as far as I know, they lost three defensive backs. I'm sure they lost a lot of other. Yeah, guys they lost well. a lot of guys just in general. Yeah, I'm not convinced that their offense is really that great. I don't think they can throw the football very well. I know Ohio State just handed it to OU last year in Norman. Yeah, but JT Barrett was on fire. And yeah, I, I that was his best game of the year. Can, yeah, I personally don't think that he can play like that again. And I, I like it. I don't know. I'm just I'm not too sold on on their offense right now. So I'm going to take the Sooners. Man, that's interesting. I'm going with Ohio State just because I'm not sold on OU. Uh, I'm also not sold on Ohio State, but I'm not sold on um, OU with a new coach going into Columbus. Um, one of the things that I don't think is talked about enough is Lincoln Riley is calling plays as well as being the head coach, um, which is just a lot. For uh, for a young guy with such a big program, uh, and I know Monty does that at TU, but that's just that's a lot to do um, uh, as a young guy uh, for you know a, a top ten perennial power. 
Um, so I, I see Ohio State winning that game. Um, other than that, I don't think there's a lot of other games going on. Um, I'm living in Lorton, and you are too, and uh, we can hear the, uh, the, the noise of what is the uh, backyard bowl is what they call it, I guess. Union versus Jinx about to start up here uh, Thursday night at TU. Um, that's a pretty good segue because, uh, because uh, about to introduce our guest, um, Trent Martin, uh, former Jinx Trogogen is the, uh, is the segue. But uh, Trent Martin uh, is somebody that we've wanted to have on the podcast uh, for a long time now. Um, he's been, you know, really, uh, he's been tweeting at us every now and then on the Rincan Sports Twitter. Uh, felt like he had a lot of good things. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's just a smart football guy, and I think he'd be a great interview uh, for Tulsa. And uh, we're glad to get him, so we're going to give him a call. And uh, let's go ahead and get into that interview. You excited for it, Brett? I am. Yep, it'll be cool. So we're going to call Trent Martin, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back, and uh, we'd like to welcome... Trent Martin to the podcast. Uh, Trent, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. No problem. Glad to be here, guys. I'm a big fan. I listen to all the podcasts. I just got done reading the, uh, the pre- this week's preview uh, before we just got on call. So, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, at the end of last season, uh, you sent us like a direct message and said, you know, we appreciate like. The coverage of Tulsa sports, you know, I, I love, you know, hearing about it and stuff. And that was awesome because that's whenever I made this blog, that's what we wanted was like the ability to connect uh, with players and former players and be able to interview them on podcasts. And uh, it's awesome that you're the first former player we're going to get on a podcast. So it's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. No, it's, it's, what you guys are doing is very cool. I mean, these guys on the team and just everybody in general, they hear a, different, a bunch of different perspectives. But to hear from a, a student uh, from the University of Tulsa is pretty cool, so I applaud what you guys got going on here. That's awesome. Yeah, well, we had a we talked for a little bit yesterday, but do you want to go ahead and tell the people what you're uh, up to now and what Trent Martin is doing uh, for a living now? Sure. Yeah, I currently work for a local DJ company. I do sales here, and I we just closed the deal with you. We're going to be DJing uh, all of the tailgating events for this fall. And uh, potentially looking at doing some basketball games, uh, but I, we book uh, weddings, uh, corporate events, holiday parties, all of that stuff. So I'm having fun time, really kind of learning the ins and outs of business, and uh, yeah, just having a great time. That's awesome, man. Uh, like, how'd you get into that? Where did that opportunity come from? You know what? I was trying to. Uh, I was just around looking for jobs. And I, I want to say I was just on Indeed, and I saw it, and I was looking for a, uh, just a normal uh, sales position just so I can learn the ins and outs. And uh, I came up here, did like a shadowing. It's a really cool work atmosphere. They kind of like model it after Google. There's a lot of young people. Uh, but at the same time, they did, I want to say, it was $3 million in business last year. Wow. And uh, so, and they're growing rapidly. And every year, there's, we're popping up in a new city. So I thought it'd be something uh, cool to kind of hop on board and uh, learn from these guys. Sweet. So you're in the uh, sales department, or are you actually the one out there spinning the tracks? <laughs> I, I work uh, mainly in sales. I just finished my DJ training, so they're cutting me loose uh, to spin the ones and twos. Awesome. So be on the lookout uh, on the Saturdays this fall. <laughs> I might be out there. What type yeah. of music you like? Are you going to play some like EDM stuff, or are you going to... Hit us with some uh, Selena Gomez. 
Hey, I, I don't mind. I might, I might venture off into uh, some top forty stuff for sure. I listen to a lot of hip hop. I'm an R and B fan. I'm kind of all over the place, um, but definitely I'm, I'm, I'm more heavily influenced by hip hop for sure. That's cool. So yeah, we want to talk a little bit about uh, your career at Tulsa, which was uh, pretty unique yeah. because you were there for some very successful teams. Um, and then also some teams that uh, struggled a little bit in the win column. Um, so is there something right. looking back that you can specifically point to that like makes a difference between a three-win team or an eight, nine, ten, eleven-win team? That's that's a very interesting question. And uh, early on, you can never tell because I remember after 2012, we won the Liberty Bowl, and all season we were just breaking it down on going to, you know, BCS, whatever. We're going to the BCS bowl game. That was the goal. And it turned. we just came out and had a horrific next two seasons. But we would have never um, expected that. Uh, so from a fan standpoint, I don't even know. I, I couldn't tell you where how to uh, notice these things. Um, but I will say leadership goes a long way in college football. Um, and then just as time changes, after year after year, it doesn't matter what you did the year before. You got to go out and earn it, uh, just the same way as the guys did before you. Um, but no, for sure, my I was the very first to commit in my class, and I was the very last to leave as a six-year senior. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I've definitely I've definitely seen my fair share of teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would definitely just boil it down to uh, leadership and work ethic throughout the whole year. And you talking about leadership uh, from players on the team or from the coaching staff or just kind of from uh, the guys designated as leaders? I, it's, it's The thing is, um, it goes around. It, there's never two leaders on a team. There's not like an offensive leader and a defensive leader. And people try to always break it down to that as these guys are leaders. But it goes – it's so bigger than that. It, from a coaching standpoint, you got to have leaders. Uh, you got to have two or three leaders per position group. And there's so many different ways to lead. I've always said this while I was there uh, my last two years. Uh, Matt Hickman, who played linebacker uh, with us as well, I would say he was up there. He was just as big a leader as I am through his work ethic. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways you can lead. Uh, but if, you have, if you're dependent on two people to lead a whole group of guys, then you're, you're going to have a tough time. So was there a guy in the 2011 or 2012 team that was kind of the leader that you looked at and said, you know, that's that's who I want to try to be whenever I'm a senior. I want to be a leader like he is. Uh, yeah, there were so many. I, I wouldn't even know where. Uh, and on that 2011 team, I remember Dexter McCoy was was a, a very big vocal leader for us on uh, for defense. I remember going to. Uh, Sean Jackson all the time for advice, and uh, he they all just kind of did. They did such a great job of taking us under the wing because at the time there was a uh, it was me, Derek Alexander was on that team, uh, Dwight Dobbins was on the team, Daryl Williams Jr. So a lot of people who was in that that class right when Montgomery showed up was kind of under those guys' wings, and I definitely uh, would give a lot of our success to the guys that came before us. For sure. That's awesome. Um, you know, whenever you played, uh, you were a guy that, you know, playing middle linebacker, you laid the wood quite a bit. Uh, you put your fair share of hard hits on opponents. But 
Uh, can you think back to a guy that you hit and he just didn't go anywhere or just the toughest guy you ever had to tackle? <laughs> Goodness. Uh, the toughest guy I've ever had to tackle. I remember um, I remember this doesn't this isn't like a big hit guy, but mm-hmm. I remember being hard to tackle Lucky Whitehead out of FAU when we traveled to FAU in uh, 2014, 14, I, think, I believe yeah. it was. Yeah, he ran. He was like a lightning bolt, and he was tough. <laughs> but the majority of the, the hardest hits that I've taken in a game, probably nobody in the stands ever would, would notice. It would just probably be a lot of uh, pulling guards, tackles, <laughs> like blindside hits. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's been and just a numerous amount of tight ends and, and fullbacks. But I, I genuinely I feel – I should think about this more. I need to be more humble. I can't think of anybody necessarily that just sticks out to me like that. So, in general, were you – whenever you were scouting teams, were you more scared – or not scared, but more intimidated? Maybe not intimidated is the right word either, but what was the bigger challenge whenever you were scouting a guy like Lucky Whitehead or whenever you were scouting a guy like Samaj P. Ryan that you know was just going to be a load every time you try to tackle him? Guys, um, from that – from those two positions, um, you kind of watch how they run the ball and uh, what makes them – a tick, I guess, on the field, but more more so than anything, I'd worry about the quarterback first off because a lot of those guys can give away what's about to happen before the ball is snapped. Like with, with Lucky Whitehead, if he was lined up in a certain area of the field or a certain down, I can have an idea of where he's going. Or um, he's the same way with the running back. Down a distance, how where he's lined up, uh, like if they're in a gun, he's deep, I can assume he's going to come downhill. If he's really uptight with that quarterback, I'm going to assume he's running sideline to sideline. So uh, from that aspect, it's not too difficult. I don't necessarily get worried about him. I just got to make sure everybody else has a heads up of what I'm seeing. Uh, but guys who were tough to, to game plan for were just really good quarterbacks, like Greg Ward Jr., a uh, great example of uh, somebody who you just can't really plan for, game, game plan for. You can kind of contain him. Uh, but every play, a pass play, could turn into, you know, random amount of yards mm-hmm. and a rushing and a rushing for Greg Ward for sure. Yeah, that Houston offense last year, uh, we we traveled to that game and just like they're just so hard to stop. You know, like he really had that yeah. thing going there, um, and like Ward was the perfect quarterback for it. But yeah, that was like probably one of the toughest offenses that I ever had to watch, and it seems like. You you kind of hearing the same thing from you, right? No, no Houston uh, last year's Houston team and last year's our conference last year was a very difficult conference play, and all the teams were uh, were uh, exceptional for sure. Uh, but no, Greg Ward Jr. That whole offense uh, was outstanding, and that I'm going to miss playing against Houston. That was a game I always look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure they're going to be just as good this year. I didn't get a chance to watch the first game. Yeah. Um, so this is something that like I really wanted to talk to you about uh, during the season yeah. even um, because like it looked like for you, you're a guy that played with a lot of passion, uh, especially for the city of Tulsa mm-hmm. since you're from Jinx. Um, so what was your approach to playing at home whenever the attendance wasn't, you know, wasn't to capacity? And what was just like your thought process and – the, the coaches, uh, you know, approach to playing in front of a crowd that was pretty small? You know, we went into every game uh, 
just being focused on us. I played in so many games at TU. I played in sold-out games uh, where there were TU fans. I played out in sold-out games where there was nothing but, you know, orange or crimson in the stands. I played in games where it felt like there was 50 people in the stands. And you can just never, ever uh, concern or put any of energy into thinking about that. But I've always found that if you take all that energy that you're worrying about this, the, the fans and you just point it towards your teammates and worry about them getting fired up and letting them know that you're engaged and you're ready to go toward them, that um, will drive a lot of players a lot more. Is there anything uh, you think that can help improve uh, home attendance? Do you have any ideas for uh, ways we can get more people in the stands? I mean, you and I talked about it a little bit the other day, and like, seems like there's lots of things they can do, but is there anything concisely that you can say, like, I think if they were able to do this, we would be able to increase uh, the attendance? It's tough. You know what? The, the, the thing with TU is, is that there's no connection. And the For Our City, I love this For Our City campaign. I think it's yeah. awesome. I think we should have been doing it a long time ago. Uh, there's no exact connection between the city of Tulsa and the University of Tulsa. It's almost like they're two separate things. And Tulsa is a, is a city that thrives on, uh, you know, like small events like the Blue Dome Arts Festival or, you know, whatever, whatever festival. We have them all the time here, and they do great, Oktoberfest. Um, but that's not the same thing when it comes to Tulsa. So I think the thing is to connect with the actual city is the biggest deal, and also just to get the students uh, more involved and to, to show up to the game. I think if, if the stands is empty but that student section is packed, uh, that does a, that's, that's such a big deal for the team uh, to have the students have a good turnout, but also just win games. I mean, if you, if you win games, that solves all the problems. We just have to be consistent, and uh, I think as long as TU just worries about them, the, the fans will come. Yeah, and I I agree with that. Being a student, that's where you know most of my focus is as well. And what's frustrating mm-hmm. is that we have sports fans at TU. Um, you you go to the yeah. tailgates and you'll see you know sixty guys at every fraternity house out there watching games on their phones, watching games on TV, having a good time. The problem is transitioning that into cheering for TU, um, and part of that is uh, the home opponents last year weren't great. Like the biggest games were all on the road: Houston, Navy, Memphis, uh, teams that I thought you know right. could could garner a crowd. The biggest team that probably came was SMU, and that turned out to be our biggest home attendance. Those were on the road, so I think that's part of it. And then uh, the other yeah, part absolutely. of it is just um, consistent winning and removing the cynicism that um, a couple of the older guys had from the 2013 and 2014 years. Uh, where they're like, why go whenever we're going to lose? So I think those were probably the two biggest things. And there's a lot of other, like, promotional stuff they could do, but it seems like you're thinking the same way. Yeah, and this season's schedule is a phenomenal schedule. It's going to be so fun. I'll be disappointed if the attendance doesn't go up this year Mm -hmm. uh, because there's going to be a lot of games, really great games being played on uh, Leavitt and Harvard for sure. Yep. Um, So – we love listening to uh, Coach Montgomery's mic'd up videos. Um, he's just an awesome guy. Seems like he does a great job relating with twenty-year-old kids. Uh, but I gotta think <laughs> yeah. that there's there's times where he uh, inadvertently shows his age. I mean, he's got kids. Uh, so were there ever times where he like tried to say something cool and everyone was just like, "What are you talking about, Coach?" <laughs> no, Coach. 
Coach uh, Montgomery's possibly the coolest guy on earth. Uh, he doesn't slip up much. If I had to, maybe maybe his dance moves would probably <laughs> give his age away a little bit. I'm not saying they look bad, but they might be slightly aged at all. Uh, <laughs> I got to make sure it just gets around to him. Uh, <laughs> but no, he's too cool. He's a cool guy. He, he doesn't he doesn't slip up often. That's awesome. I've gotten to meet him uh, once before. It was really random. It was like at a tennis match, and uh, yeah. he was he was just like walking up the stairs, and like I introduced myself, and he 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 on Twitter. I don't know if it's him that actually runs the Twitter, or if it's a grad assistant or what, but he likes and retweets the Rain Cane Sports tweets occasionally. So I kind of introduced myself, and he was like, "Yeah, man, that's awesome," and like I was just like, "Man, he's he's everything that it seems like he is in that little interaction I had with him." So it's cool to hear you say that he's the. Uh, coolest guy uh, around oh he's great he's just a great representative of uh the whole the coaching staff as a whole his family is the best he's just uh just a great guy yeah he's awesome uh, one of the things i wanted to ask you also is um the difference between the defense in 2015 and the defense in 2016 uh there was a big improvement there um was there anything uh that you can think of to why the defense improved so much from the 15 to the 16 season? Sir, yeah, without a doubt. It's just um, repetition and having a lot of guys from 15 uh, come back. And, I mean, we went into – throughout the whole 15 season, we were adding plays um, mid-game week. You know, we're adding mm-hmm. new blitzes. And just so just that uh, from going from that to having our whole playbook installed before – 2016 began uh, it helped out a lot because that allowed us throughout the season to make adjustments and uh you know and make and fix things where, where last year we could it'd be game day in the middle of the game uh so we were able to really just hone in on us and focus on us in 2016 and uh also the coaches did a great job of scouting and we had a, a, group, a group of great guys uh so I would say that would probably be the main uh, factors. Definitely just repetition. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, who were the uh, – I mean, you were a leader on last year's team, but who was maybe a guy that was a junior last year uh, that was a leader on the defense who uh, probably stepped to, to be um, the main leader for this year's squad? Uh First comes to mind is, is Craig Stoops and Jesse Brubaker. I remember them playing big roles in last year's season. Mm-hmm. And uh, even guys like Colton Schindelar, Kerwin Thomas, uh, on that defensive side, is I think they, when I left last year, that's who I would have imagined it uh, to be from the, from, from the distance. It sounds like that's what's kind of happening right now. Uh, but even guys like I remember McKinley Whitfield, that move to to star linebacker is yeah. huge. I mean, I'm expecting a big season out of uh, McKinley. But even guys like McKinley would uh, show their leadership amongst the younger guys last year uh, through their work at, work ethic. So I think there, there's a whole side of the ball out there full of leaders. They just need to put it all together. Cool. Uh, kind of wrapping up here, uh, talking about your career at Tulsa. Uh, whenever you look back at it, uh, what are what are some of the things, or maybe the thing that you're most proud of? And uh, yes, you can say that spin move you had against Memphis after uh, recovering the fumble. Because uh, if that was me, that's what I would say. Because that was that was pretty sick. They made a yeah. jiff out of it and everything. 
it would have been nicer if I would have scored. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would have been. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, the, oh, man. Um, that winning game six uh, and going getting bowl eligible in 2015 was so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and people look at that and they, they probably be like, really? But that was the start of it all for me. And that set up and that paved the way. And that was my senior class. Those are the guys I all came in with. Uh, they all went on and left after that season, um, and I was the la- I was the last one remaining for my class in my in 2016. So 2015 was just really special. And after those two just like miserable seasons, those were tough seasons to go through. Uh, to send all my guys out like that on that note was big time. And really, just every single game of my senior year was. So I can remember almost every game so vividly, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss it a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, are you gonna are you gonna travel to Tulane for the game this year? I might have to. I'm, I might have to. I've been looking. I was actually thinking of uh, my wife Paige uh, has family out in Michigan, and we were considering going to Toledo. Oh yeah, for the longest. Yeah, but I, they called me in for work. Uh, oh, but dang. Tulane, I don't – so that's at uh, that's at Tulane again this year, correct? Yep, yep, and it's in New Orleans. So yeah. I think, like, a lot of the uh, – a lot of my friends want to go because they're like, oh, yeah, New Orleans, you know. That's that's how you get people yeah. to go to uh, road events is by having it in cool cities like that. So, yeah, if you go to that right. Ohio game, uh, <laughs> we made that drive to Ohio last year all – 30, 30 something hours of it, so <laughs> we can send you the uh, gas yeah. station and routes to stop on. But it sounds like you might have to stop for us. So. Yeah, we did want to. Yeah, I'll have to let you guys. <laughs> we did want to transition into uh, talking about this year's team. Uh, so, what were your expectations uh, coming into this year as far as uh, how they're going to perform? My, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't necessarily have any expectations. I. Um... I, I was saying, you know, and I still believe it. They're going to be a, a great team. I hate the word rebuilding year. I don't think that's that's a thing, especially with these guys. I did I did wish we had Oklahoma State a couple of games down the road, opposed to Week One. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's just so there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I think the team is still trying to find their own identity. Um, but there's a lot of promising things. I saw a lot of great things and. In that tough loss, I mean, it was it was they lost by a lot, but there's a lot of great things that you could notice and that showed a lot of potential in the game. Uh, but we to, we just have so many new faces out there on the field, a lot of young guys. Um, obviously, the quarterback situation, we don't know who we're going to go with, but um, I liked what I saw from Chad, and I'm curious to see um, how this Saturday is going to go. I think they're going to come out and take care of business. Yeah, so moving on about, like, uh, this is Brett now, about uh, the quarterbacks and uh, the quarterback (laughs) battle we have going on. Like, I think that's an important position because I feel like we do have a lot of returning starters um, from last year's Uh, teams, but a lot of the guys that that graduated were leaders, like Dane Evans, you know, on the defensive side, you. I feel like we we lost some important guys. So how do you see uh, Chad or Skipper – taken upon themselves like the leadership role that maybe Dane had or like yeah just how do you how do you feel about those two guys I honestly I think either of those guys are great I really liked what I saw from Chad um I mean I mean his numbers were there they put up a a decent amount of passing yards 
he just needs to finish the drives, obviously. Uh, I'm curious and anxious to see what Luke will do when given the opportunity. Uh, but as far as the leadership standpoint, they just have to, to plug away day by day, play by play, in practice and in the film room, and uh, push each other, be supportive of each other. And I think that will go a long way uh, amongst, the, amongst the guys around them. Uh, but lead by example. And then you just understand that a lot of people are watching you on the team. So care yourself, be supportive, bring up everybody around you, make them better. Um, and then everything else will fall into place. Just focus on the team and doing your job and uh, let the cards fall where they may. Awesome. Yeah, when you uh, tweeted us earlier this year um, saying that we're going to be good at QB, don't worry about that, in response to one of our <laughs> articles, we all we all commented right. on that. And we were like, yes, dude, this is good, hearing it from the former player. Um, <laughs> but what about uh, the linebackers? What do you think about uh, the linebackers, specifically the younger ones? What do you think about their play on Saturday? Um, I, I think they um, they were hesitant in some plays. I think they're going to be phenomenal. Cooper is, in comparison to where I was at, his, I mean, he's he showed to be uh, war ready. Last year he came in and played some very big snaps. Um, it's just going to be a repetition thing. I think Robert is, is going to come along uh, with him playing along behind Craig. And still, like, to for Coach Gillespie to have that faith in both those guys and put them out there, that means that they can get the job done. And they're very capable. Uh, it's gonna. It's just a matter of time. Cooper, it, it's going to click. Um, and McKinley Whitfield had a huge, in my what was it, 10 tackles, three TFLs, I believe it was. Yeah, he went off. I thought that was, yeah, I think I think that's a, that's a huge uh, big-time move for our defense. And uh, another thing with playing linebackers, the D-line goes a long ways. I think uh, the D-line played well. Uh, once Cooper gets comfortable, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. Um, back to McKinley, you said that he's playing the star linebacker role. Um, for somebody that doesn't really know much about football, uh, is that something that we've always had at TU? Or is this something new that they're doing with Whitfield because yeah. of his athleticism? A lot of different teams run it in a, in a traditional 4-3. Some people just call it like a, in our old defense, it was a, a cane. So uh, it's a hybrid safety linebacker is essentially what it was. It's what Matt Linscott played last year. And uh, they're majority of the time removed from the box and have a, a lot to do with our, our coverages to the field. And also, meanwhile, have to come in and play some inside runs uh, from time to time. So it's a very difficult position. You have to be very athletic and uh, still be able to take a lot of hits. And I think he's just like the perfect mold for that <laughs> that star position yeah. with his size and how fast he is. So I think it's a good fit. Sweet. What do you see as the uh, biggest strength for the defense this year? Um, I would say uh, just experience. I think, like I said, with Jordan Mitchell um, – Kerwin Thomas, Jesse Brubaker, Craig, the guys who that, that defense um, is, is going to fall on their shoulders to lead them. And I think that they are more than capable and that they're going to get turned around. So I'm expecting big things. I think this Saturday they're going to come out, they're going to be fired up, and they're going to take care of business. And it's going to create some, uh, as Coach Montgomery would say, Big Mo is going to come to the party, <laughs> and that momentum is just going to carry uh, through week three. Awesome. 
Yeah, this Saturday will be interesting. Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Home opener, of course, and then yeah, we we talked about this on the phone a little bit. But Toledo coming up—that's a big game. Uh, and then you got Navy yeah. in uh, in week five. So, uh, what do right. you? What would you say as a whole is? Um, and I know this is probably not the easiest question to answer, but what's the number one key to this team's uh, success? What would you say after watching week one that if they can do this, they're going to be, you know, whatever success is for them—six, seven, eight wins. Um. I would say the biggest key to success is going one play at a time, one day at a time, and not thinking big picture, but being focused on right now. Uh, and I just I think all of that will add up into to a phenomenal season. Um, and co- plus, I coach Montgomery and his coaching staff is great. They're going to have great game plans. They just need to go out and execute them and play their game and uh, worry about them, and they're going to be fine. Well, awesome. Um... Did you get to watch uh, much of college football last week? I didn't. I was working uh, all weekend, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, I'm pumped for this weekend. Do you uh, you have any uh, predictions for the, uh, the the playoff or anything or any teams that you are really high on? <laughs> no, it's too early. I can't. I no one's gonna remember. Don't are, worry. I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I could. I couldn't tell you. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, let me. Let me hear your guys. Uh, for me, um, yeah. I, I gotta say Oklahoma State. Uh, I think. I think someone's got to represent the Big Twelve, and I think this is the year that they unseed uh, or they take down OU. It is weird with the Big Twelve championship this year. Um, Clemson. I was gonna say Florida State, but I think I can change it now after uh, quarterback is out for the year. Clemson, um, and then got to go Ohio State and Bama. Solid. Yeah. So yeah. pretty much, pretty much uh, the team that's been all around, and then adding OSU to the mix. What about you, Brett? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with Trent on this. It, it's it's so hard, especially in college football, early on in the season to. Uh, to, to make judgments on these teams, and I didn't, I didn't see a whole lot in week one. Um, but around, like, probably week five or six, you know, once once non-conference is over and we start getting into conference play, I'll be able to make a much better prediction. Awesome. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Oklahoma State season. They showed up. I think they're the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see how they played. It looks like they kind of made, like, some, uh, some, some bad decisions that could have cost them in a, in a closer game. And so some – and they look kind of young in some positions, but I think they're the real deal. Uh, Oklahoma is going to be good, solid team this year. And then, of course, you got to count for the, the that. Speaking of Ohio State and Oklahoma, this week, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, yeah. But and then the Alabama. So who who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I you know, uh, I heard a lot. You know, I went to Stillwater for the game, and all the OSU fans are like, "This is our year." They got the senior quarterback. They might have the best wide receiving core in the country. So if they're going to make the playoffs, you know, this is the year for them to do it. That's why it would have been so sweet if TU would have pulled the upset because uh, yeah. <laughs> it was their year. So. <laughs> but a lot of they're good. They're going to get that staple win. It's coming. Uh, Coach Montgomery is going to. Yeah, I think I don't lose don't lose faith in TU. I'm telling you, it's gonna be a big, it's gonna be a great season. I believe it. All right, Trent, thank you so much for your time, man. We could talk all day, but uh, we'll get you going and watch that uh, Patriots Chiefs game and relax a little bit. So, uh, thank you so much for the time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again sometime this year. Uh, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on.
Yep, and we'll uh, we'll see you around. Uh, maybe DJ DJing at a tailgate or something yeah. at uh, at Tulsa this fall. Yeah, come see me on the U. All right, come see me on the U on Saturday. You guys take care. We'll do. Rain Kane, man. Rain Kane. Bye bye. All right, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun, man. Brett, are you still on the call? Hello. All right, that was awesome. That was. Are we still on? Yeah, yeah, we're we're recording right now. Um, gonna have to do some editing with this podcast because I keep hanging up and doing it ever. But yeah, that was that was so cool, man. Uh, he was such yeah. a such a great guy to talk to about oh, Tulsa yeah, awesome. and answer I, all our questions. Well, I, I was, whenever I started talking, I got nervous for some reason. I was like, "What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, could you tell?" No, no, no. I mean, okay, it good. was just it was hilarious <laughs> how you were just uh, like listening, like the sound guy for you know, 20 minutes and then you're like chimed in with your questions. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I couldn't, I couldn't find a good place for me to just enter, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, so it was, it was kind of funny just popping in there out of nowhere. You're probably like, Oh, I forgot. This guy was <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but man, he said, he said so much, but was there anything that like, uh, particularly stood out to you or you thought was interesting that you hadn't really thought of? Um, one thing is like leadership comes from multiple positions. Like I always yeah. think of it, I, you know, I always thought of it as one guy, you know, one guy on offense, one guy on defense. And he's like, no, like it's everybody. Like or it's not everybody, but you need like two or three guys at every position who are going to work hard and push everybody else. And I feel like that's true. So, you know, I don't think it, you know, I felt like that was one, the first thing that stuck out to me. And number two was was the optimism for TU football this year. That was the second big thing that stuck out to me and one that excited about me. He's like, we're going to get a big win against somebody. I know Toledo was ranked last year. You know, that's two weeks from now Mm -hmm. or two games from now on the road. That could be potential for a big win. But, um, you know, I'm really hoping, you know, he was, he was avoiding saying it was a rebuilding year, and I'm really hoping we can avoid that. You know, I'm hoping we can just stay uh, bowl eligible, stay competitive in the American and then that you know when you stay at at the top you know you're going to keep getting better recruits and then it's it's a good it's a good uh good deal but yeah so the optimism was really cool as well I felt like yeah and I like what he had to say about um McKinley Whitfield too like it was Mm. it was confusing I don't know if you understood what it was meant whenever it said like McKinley Whitfield's now playing outside linebacker. I was like, what in the world? But whenever he said star linebacker, that kind of clicked for me. That that's something that like I've heard of before. And like, yeah, that's, that's the perfect position uh, for Whitfield. To right. Be, Cause he's so athletic and can hit so hard. Um, so yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, and yeah, um, just the optimism. And then um, just talking about how like with continued work, they're going to get it. Like, he doesn't have any questions about, you know, like, whenever you're an older guy and, like, the young guys come in, like, I feel like it's easy to be cynical with them and be like, oh, they're, like, they're not mature enough, you know, they're not as good as I was. But he said very confidently, like, with work and with studying film, they're going to get to a position. He didn't say just as good as we were, but he seemed like he had full confidence that with work they're going to be a great team. Right. Yeah, that star linebacker position was was McKinley in like every play because I think he's a guy that that I would want on our defense in basically every play. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if that's more of like a third down thing only, third down passing situation thing, or if that's right. 
I'm gonna, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm gonna watch it a lot closer uh, this week. Last week, I was mainly watching um, the corners and the safety, offense. the corners. Well, yeah, offense. Oh, but yeah. whenever, whenever the defense is on the field, I was mainly watching Kerwin and Reggie, just seeing how they right. dealt with OSU's receivers. But yeah. The linebackers and specifically McKinley Whitfield is something I'm gonna be watching really closely because, yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was more of a third down thing, but if he's playing that star linebacker position, then I would think he'd be in there um, a little bit more than just that. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. And then I yeah, thought the suits, uh, Edmonston and uh, and Rebels. McKinley Whitfield, I guess. Yeah. Would be those three. See, because I thought the first play of the game it was Revels uh, Cooper. Rebels. See, I think and it suits. is. I, I think I, I think that is true. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's going to be playing every down. I believe he's. They might be rotating now, and they, 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 it very well could have been. Yeah, he's a junior. It very well could have been that they were playing um, with uh, Manny more because it was more of a passing attack with OSU. Yeah, where they may true. they may have Whitfield uh, in and then rotate him down for more of a four, four type look against teams like Navy Houston teams that run that, uh, predominantly right. run offense. So, um, and then, yeah, like, like I was really interested to see what he said about, um, the small crowd size. Um, I'd always imagined that it was, uh, you know, they were just playing for themselves, but just how I put it, like, you know, we, we pump each other up, like, we don't even, you know, think about it because, you know, you're going out there and playing with the guys that, you know, you've been practicing with all year. Like, you're focused on your task. Um, I thought that was that was really uh, – it was just an interesting thing to hear. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was really good to hear from him and how, how the players thought of it. Like, I always I always was worried, like, oh, like, you know, if we're playing, like, UCF and, like, the stadium's empty that the players were like, oh, well, this – you know, no, but like he, he could tell, like you know, they have a you know, they have a good attitude about it. They know, like they win. You know, that's how more people are going to come. He, he was big on students, which I'm big on students because if you have school student or spirit here, then like you know, after you graduate and whatever, you're going to be more likely to come to games and things like that. And then if you're living in Tulsa, you're going to get more people to come to games. So school spirit and coming from the students i think the best that's the best way to start it and then yeah just being out more in the community and stuff i really think like he really hit that on the head yeah yeah that's awesome first game uh this saturday you're gonna be able to make it right oh yeah awesome do you have uh i know louisiana lafayette the raging cajuns um not really a team that uh we've scouted very well but i i did a little bit of research on him um and I think we'll handle them pretty easily. But do you have any uh, thoughts or really things you're looking for uh, coming into this Saturday? Um, you know, it's a it, it hurt to lose this one. So I, I really hope we get a win here. I hope it, it it clears up some of the the quarterback battle. You know, I'm hoping we can get to one guy soon because I feel like once you get to that one guy, then then things seem to like calm down a little bit because you know what you're going to see, I guess. But, I, yeah, I'm hoping uh, we can get a dub, first of all, and then the quarterback battle becomes a little bit clearer. Yeah, I think a quarterback position is obviously going to be very interesting, um, but I think, like, it may be deflected because we're probably just going to be able to run the ball, like, down Lafayette's throat. Um, I think it might be deflected a little bit because our run game will be so successful. Um but I'm also interested mainly to see how the defense performs. 
um, because Lafayette last year was not a good offense. In fact, they were the 11th worst offense in all of college football. Uh, but the first game, they got a new offensive coordinator, you know, optimistic, of course, um, and they won, or they they didn't win, but they scored. They, they did win, my bad. But the words I was trying to get is they scored 51 points last week, which is the most points they've scored since 2014. So I'm interested to see how Tulsa does defensively against them because, mm-hmm. um, you know, this year at the very least – I think it's fair to say, you know, last year we had a top 10 offense as far as scoring. I think at the very least, our offense is going to be less, it's going to score less points per game. Um, So therefore, if we want to maintain a level of success of competing for the American championship, then uh, our defense will have to step it up um, a little bit more. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, And then also just uh, forcing turnovers. Um, That's something that I'm really big on for Tulsa this year. Uh, is if they can force turnovers, then they're going to have um, a successful season because that's so much of what defense is. Is If you can get the ball back to the offense, especially whenever you have an explosive offense like Tulsa does, um, that's worth three, two stops, in my opinion, um, is getting a turnover. So it'll be fun. Uh, have you seen this picture of uh, Louisiana Lafayette's coach? I have not. Man, pull up, uh, pull up Rain Cane Sports and go to the uh, the game preview, and then scroll down to that middle picture because uh, this coach is freaking jacked. He's like the Ed Hockley uh, for the NFL official, except he's a college coach, and it's so funny because whenever I was like I was googling um, pictures of him, like one of the first ones that came up is like him bench pressing. Like I don't I don't know how much weight. I'm not a real big weightlifter. <laughs> Uh, but it was him bench pressing what looked to be quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of weight. So <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I see him. Pretty huge, huh? Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's impressive. Um, what do you think about that uh, the chili pepper on the end of Ragin for the uh, Ragin Cajuns logo? I mean, I, I think it's a good placement for it. It looks like an <laughs> apostrophe. I like the Ragin Cajuns name. It's it's. You know, I like I like ma- mascots that have uh, meaning behind it. It looks like a fast food logo. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like a like a, a university logo. Looks like a fast yeah. food logo, man. Looks like that should be like something you order at Chipotle. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I predicted Tulsa 44-20. I think they win. Um, I think the first quarter, maybe they start a little slow on offense because uh, quarterback competition still going on. They may be uh, pushing a little bit too hard, but I think they settled down and ended up winning pretty easily. Are you expecting an easy win as well? Yeah, I, I think it's going to stay under 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think it'll What's the be spread on this game again? 14. 14. Yeah, so I, I'll say I'll say that I'll say about ten to fifteen. I haven't I, don't, I honestly don't know anything about Lafayette, so I'm just basing it off. Yeah, you know I'm, I don't know. I'm just throwing a guess out there based on the line and and our team, I guess. But, yeah, yeah. Well, they almost lost to Southeastern Louisiana last week, which is an FCS team. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were so Southeast Louisiana scored. Um, with 48 seconds left to make it 49-48. Um, and then they went for the win by going for two. 
Um, and then wow. they they, uh, they fumbled it, and Lafayette ended up returning it for a two point conversion. So it ended up that Lafayette won oh. by three. But like, the, it could have easily been a loss against an FCS team. So uh, yeah, I would yeah. take well, I would take Tulsa, um, Tulsa and the points. I, I'll, I'll take I'll I'll take them over that fourteen point spread. Yeah, put me down. If that team can put up forty eight, we better be able to move the ball. Yeah. Anyway, man, this was fun. That, right. that was an awesome interview. Yep. Um, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna try to get uh, you know interviews. You know, ideally once a week, but um, you know if we can if we can do, um, I don't know how you top Trent Martin, but if we can do uh, something like that uh, a couple more times this season, then I'll be more than happy with how the podcast goes. So uh, I had a good That'd time. Be awesome. Next time we'll have yeah. to get uh, Zach back aboard, but uh, but yeah, man. Uh, otherwise, you know, thank you guys uh, for listening. I got the game preview, preview for Louisiana Lafayette up there. So if you haven't seen it, I posted a little bit earlier this week. Uh, that way people can, uh, can feel free to read it whenever. Um, but I got the preview up there. I try to make it pretty in depth, let you guys know what's going on and, uh, make you, make you educated. Unlike Brett will be whenever you go to the, uh, the game on Saturday. But, uh, but yeah, um, other than that, thank you guys for listening. And uh, Brett, you're going to go ahead and sign us off for uh, this podcast. Thank you guys for listening to the Rain Cane Sports Podcast. This is Brett Stewart and Hunter Hart, and we are joined by Trent Martin. Rain Cane. Rain Cane, man.